Brand new Village Vice. Got something on my chest that I want to get off here in just a couple of minutes. He's Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law. And uh, Zach, it's been over a week since Nick Saban retired. It's been yeah. much longer than that since he decided he was going to retire, but that's another story for, for another day. And okay. we are seeing the effects. We're seeing the the aftershocks in Tuscaloosa. Um, you know, it's been very cold in this area recently. And I understand a lot of people have been flocking to Tuscaloosa to try to escape the cold and warm their hands by the dumpster fire that is the program right now in wow. Tuscaloosa. Did you see those reports? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in Tuscaloosa. Look, I'm so excited to finally be able to sit down and record this with you because you have been uh, telling me so many things and like, I'm ready for you to tell somebody else at yeah. this point, your thoughts. <laughs> so, I mean, you're tired of hearing it. We gotta, we gotta get it on other people's ears and eyes. Yeah, no, I think it's time to, uh, no, to, let's address, we, we've hinted at it before yeah. on past shows, but you know, there's some things we want to react to as yeah. well as just kind of a, a big picture conversation about what exactly is happening, not only in Tuscaloosa, but I mean, what's happening in Tuscaloosa, as much as Auburn folks may hate it, it impacts all of college football. It does. And that's that's kind of the point of all this. It does impact Auburn. Uh, we've already done a show where we said this is a time where Auburn can capitalize. What what are some of the other fallout effects of this new head coach and a new regime? Like, I remember a time when NFL head coaches left to become coordinators at Alabama. And now people are reacting like Bill O'Brien. But he was terrible. Like we, nobody liked Bill O'Brien. Like Bill O'Brien can't do his job. Give me a break. Mm -hmm, right. And now, like if you'll notice, the reaction nationally is exactly the same when mid-level MAC coaches leave their head coaching positions to become coordinators at Alabama. Have you have you noticed that that the national reaction is exactly the same? It's a home run hire. How many home run derby winners ever determined a World Series championship? It's great that home runs are flying left and right out of the ballpark. What does it mean right now? Nothing. It, I mean, it nothing. is interesting, the perception of hiring, you know, South Alabama coaches and, and Buffalo mm -hmm. coaches. I think the hires make sense, Brad, but the discussion around them, it, it's pretty wild how much of like, an applause Kalen DeBoer is getting yeah. for those hires. Correct. Uh, whether it's his offensive coordinator who came with him from Washington because he wasn't going to sniff the head coaching job there, or the two co-defensive coordinators who left their head coaching positions at lower levels to come. By the way, they're not the first coaches to do that. Dan Enos did that at Central Michigan. He left the head coaching position at Central Michigan to be the offensive coordinator at Arkansas. How'd they do? Like, this mm -hmm. is not unprecedented. It's not special to Tuscaloosa. There's another bit of fallout, though, that I want to talk about. On our most recent show, we talked about sort of the mystique um, dropping away from Alabama. And that's what happens when the entire identity of a program is wrapped up in a head coach. Alabama has championships and tradition and a passionate fan base and a loyal is the kind word, fan base. Sure. And they have plenty to stand on, and you're now going to see them attempt to do that because that's the, that's the right strategic move. Mm -hmm. But for the last decade and a half, 
the identity of the program was tied to only one individual, and he's not there anymore. Now, our friends at the next round talked about this on their Wednesday show, and I want to play a clip that pertains to the fallout and the reaction and what you're seeing currently in Tuscaloosa. This impacts Auburn, and I'll talk more about why after you watch this clip from the next round. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day because they were talking before Caleb Downs even entered the portal about how many guys were in, and Isaiah Bond started the ball rolling. And I said, "This <laughs> Alabama fans, this will probably be a wake-up call to them. I think Alabama's collective, and I know people in the chat room you know, say, oh, Alabama's a poverty program now. The next round thinks their collective was behind, guys. You can make the, all the jokes you want about it. It was behind. That was my point. The Saban was yeah. making up. I, I said it was, wrong. It was that, filling a lot of and gaps. that's what I was going to say is I think Alabama fans, this will be a wake-up call. This can only be construed as a shot at Kalen DeBoer, and it's not meant as one. But Kalen DeBoer is not Nick Saban recruiting. Nick Saban covered up a lot of errors in recruiting, and Nick Saban covered up a lot of holes in a collective, and Kalen DeBoer will not be able to do that yet. Maybe if he's there 15 years, he could, but he can't yet. So this would probably be a wake-up call, I told somebody yesterday, to Alabama fans that I got I have resisted this because I have thought Alabama football should be able to operate without the type of collective that Texas has or LSU has or anybody else has. And this is probably a wake-up call that I don't care how big your name is. I don't care if you're Alabama, you're Notre Dame, or you're Michigan. It's the way the game's played now. And you better participate or you're going to lose. And I wondered if it would be a wake-up call. And, I mean, those numbers tell you it's somewhat a one Yeah, I don't, I don't know who you point the finger at. All right, so what did you hear in that clip? Well, first of all, it's a realization and an admission that, yeah, today's college football, it's another example. I mean, everybody watching this knows that football today is different than it was a decade ago and 20 years ago. You can build a roster much faster now. Yeah. You can also destroy. A, a roster can be built or destroyed, uh, gutted much faster now. And I think what Ryan said there is absolutely correct, and you're already seeing it. The response from Alabama people has been to increase the movement in their collective. So I say now there's another component of this, and we're going to touch on this here in just a second, but Okay. My my thought is, how does that pertain to, to Auburn? How does Auburn make sure they maximize their capitalization on this moment in Tuscaloosa? Well, it's probably to increase their own participation in NIL because you better believe it's coming from, from Tuscaloosa. They've wrapped up their identity in one man for nearly two decades. He wanted it that way, by yeah. the way. That's why he came to Tuscaloosa, so he could wrap up an entire identity in himself. Now it's not that way, and you're going to see them start giving more and more and more. And I think, the, I, to me, it makes sense. If you want to get the most out of this moment, this opportunity for Auburn to do the same thing. Now, Zach, we made the point. We were talking about this yesterday uh, just in, in other conversation. We're not going to come on and shill for Auburn's NIL. We're we're that's not our job that's not our position they will do that on the other side though you'll see national media begin to do that um but to me i think there's a there's a correlation you're gonna see more from their side and i think it makes sense for auburn to maximize its efforts right now in this time uh to do the same thing yeah the saban discount was a real thing 
players yeah. would take less because they got to play for Nick Saban and in turn probably get a clear path to the NFL because the NFL would give you the benefit of the doubt if you had, you know, if you had an Alabama helmet on, you know, at, at, at the senior bowl or, you know, whenever mm -hmm. you were being scouted, which is fair. I think it's warranted. I think they earned that. You win championships and you produce, you know, a, he had more first round picks and losses during his tenure at Alabama. Like he earned it. Yeah. And he earned that for his players, and his players knew that. I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's not there anymore. Yeah. And I thought I thought the Alabama name would keep more guys on the roster than it has. I mean, we're talking 30 guys that were in the two deep on this team last year mm -hmm. are either going to be gone because of graduation or entering the draft or entering the portal. And we've talked about, you know, the ability for Alabama to reload, but a lot of their depth that they would have reloaded with, it's not there anymore. Uh, Antonio Kite is a guy that was part of that depth a year ago and was kind of next in line. And he's one of the many examples, you know, he's now an Auburn Tiger, but the, the Saban discount doesn't, it's not applying to Kalen DeBoer now. And yeah. so can Kalen DeBoer get that back? quicker than other places? Yes, because he's a head coach at Alabama, but he's going to have to do it and he's going to have to do it at a high level for four or five seasons and we'll see we'll see if he's able to. And he'll be given every possible advantage by media members. That that's kind of where my focus is. Look, this is a content we're we're creating content. Um people are absorbing it. They're they're watching it and they they watch other media as well. It's no secret. This has been happening since the days where like the one talk radio station in the state yeah. was the only voice. And there's there's an Alabama media machine. They will make it very easy to try to easier than neutral. Let's say that way. It's not going to be neutral. They'll give him every opportunity to get these advantage. I mean, you've seen their media members publicize their their NIL opportunities like as if they're reporting facts or or as if they're breaking stories when really they're just kind of giving up the the information. So they'll be given the opportunity there. This was not of um this was exactly what their previous head coach intended. That's the that's the other point that I want to drive home. This is no accident that it was this way. Um he also put them in this position I want to drive that point home as well. If you think Nick Saban decided five minutes before a team meeting that he was going to retire, you're delusional. You're just kind of you're not being reasonable if yeah. that was the case. You also weren't paying attention to him in any press conference all season long. So the fact that all these people are jumping ship at the time that they are and they're allowed to do that because of the the window and the way the rules are right now, he knew those rules. He did nothing to stop this from happening. He could have announced. In fact, I would I would say to you, I would submit to you, if he had announced his retirement two weeks before the playoffs started, they might have won the whole dang thing. Can you imagine the groundswell of emotion behind how they would have played in those uh, uh, in the playoffs? So, in any event, uh, they're now dealing with the repercussions of exactly what they asked for and they wanted when they gave one man the total control and identity of their program they've put their current head coach in the position that he's in right now. Yeah, and it was worth it. I'm sure if you ask every Alabama sure. fan, like, would you do it over again and do it this way? Yeah, 
Yeah, you would. I mean, you would do that for one or two national championships over the span of a decade and a half, let alone what they were able to do. Yeah. And even on the years where they fell short of a national championship, they still won 10 or 11 games or in the thick of it. So no doubt, you know, I think I was about to say 99%, but I think all, I think every Alabama fan would say, no, this is worth yeah. it. It was worth it. And they were able to be successful because they did wrap it around yeah. one person. And that one person was the best to ever do it. And so like, yeah, that's, that's part of it. I'm a Patriots fan, Brad. And like, yeah. you know, you were able to do things a certain way for a long time because you had the best NFL coach of all time and the best quarterback of all time. And then one of those pieces leave and you still try to operate the same way and it doesn't work. Like you need certain guys to lead your program or your franchise at any level. And when that leaves, when somebody in that leaves, Nick Saban's interesting because it's just one guy. It's not a group yeah. of people. Um, it can't be the same. And yeah. so, look, Kalen DeBoer is an interesting hire, not because he has been successful everywhere else. They could have hired a bunch of coaches that have been successful everywhere that they've been. I think it's interesting because it's so different than what Nick Saban did over mm -hmm. the last decade and a half because he won by getting the best talent every single year. That's yeah. a great strategy. Everybody's trying to do that. He did it better than everybody else. Uh, with the exception of one or two seasons when Kirby Smart started the you know the Georgia dynasty that we may be yeah. seeing kind of form here. Kalen DeBoer, I still don't think, is going to do that. Um, in today's age, where there's a lot of really successful NIL groups, and it seems like on to victory is in that conversation, Brad, I don't think you're going to be able to do that anymore, yeah. regardless of how much effort Kalen DeBoer puts in on the recruiting trail. He's not Nick Saban. He right. knows that. And so he's going to have to beat people with scheme. And that's why they went out and hired him because he right. has one with scheme everywhere that he's been. But can he do it consistently in the SEC? And we can guess all we want, but it's impossible to fully know uh, until he does it. Yeah. There have been a lot of really exceptional basketball coaches. Some like tremendous scheme coaches have come and gone in the league because they couldn't get elite talent. And you know, he doesn't have a sparkling recruiting history. So now he's he's recruiting against Hugh Freeze, who does have a sparkling recruiting don't, history. Don't you Hugh think Kirby and all and these guys? Don't you think though we'll know the recruiting piece to all this pretty quickly? Don't you think we'll know yeah. pretty quickly as far as if this is gonna work or not on the recruiting front? Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I think we just saw it and look, he is a better hire than Brian Harson and you know, I, I love the Husky Harson jokes and all that just because it's yeah. funny and it's the offseason is entertaining. Yeah, but it's, um, you know, he he's going to, I think he's going to put more effort in than Brian Harson. If he doesn't, Alabama's in trouble. But I, I don't think that's going to be the scenario that we see. But can Alabama continue to do what they've done if they finish, you know, eight, nine, tenth every year? No, I don't, I don't think so right. in recruiting. Eighth, ninth, or tenth in recruiting. I don't think yeah. so because what they did – over the span, they would just stack classes that were so much better than everybody else. And it gives you such a big advantage. As far as, as far as, you know, finishing eighth, ninth, or tenth, like you can be a great coach, but you're not going to be in a situation to win a national championship every year when you do that. You, you can peak every two or three years, which is kind of what Auburn tried to do under Gus Malzahn. And it, it almost worked, yeah. right? Like they made it in 13. They should have been better in 14. They made it in 17. They should have been better in 19, right? Like that, that's kind of, that's kind of what you were at. And I think yeah. most programs are okay with that.
Is that going to be good enough in Tuscaloosa? I don't know. No, it's not. It's not. Ray Perkins, who followed Bear Bryant, coached four seasons in Tuscaloosa. In three of those four seasons, he finished in the top 15. Not in recruiting. In the final polls of the season, he finished top 15. Yeah. Out. Out. Yeah. And, and, by, the way, the, and, and the, by the way, the year he sure. didn't finish in the top 15 wasn't the last year. It wasn't, well, now he's out and he's gone. No, that was his second year that he was outside of, of the top 25. The last year he was there, they had a top 15 team, but they weren't they weren't at the same level. Yeah, the, the, the thing that may change this is if you finish ninth, you're a playoff team. Correct. And so is that look the same? Does that because we lowered the barrier of entry to be a playoff team? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not opposed to it. I'm not for it. But it being a playoff team this year moving forward is not the same thing as being a playoff team over the last few seasons. Is that is that good enough? Like if you make a if you make the college football playoff and you're a top, it's not even technically twelve because of conference championships. So you probably got to be a top ten team yeah. to make a to make a, to make the playoff. Like if you're ninth or eighth, is that good enough? Is that good enough? And my guess is it will be, Brad. Mm. But you know, I, I think we're about to see a different world of college football than we have over the last few years. I don't think it will be. No, I don't think it'll be close to enough. I think, uh, where would you like compare Alabama football fans to Philadelphia Eagles fans and think of the outcry they have with, with Sirianni right now? I don't know if there's, I don't know if you can compare Alabama fans to anybody else because they have been fed championships at a higher level than any other sports team, right? Like the Eagles are good. They've been good. They won a Super Bowl a few years ago against the Pats, but I just, I don't think. Um, and how delusional are they being about their head coach right now, who took them to the playoffs again this year after nearly winning a Super Bowl last year, mm -hmm. and they want him out? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm it's that you. times a hundred in Tuscaloosa because they've grown accustomed to championships, and that's yeah. that's kind. I mean, they, I, they, I think, they were, they I, were I think that, that way mindset before is, he got there, though, too. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. Well, do you feel better? I, I <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Okay. All thanks right. For, thanks for letting me get that off my chest. Feel free. This is going to be a fun read. Feel free to comment below what you think about that discussion. And, um, you know, whether, uh, I don't know what, what Auburn should be doing right now to fully capitalize on this opportunity because it's there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends. At mybookie.ag, mybookie is the best place to wager on all of your sports actions. Go ahead and uh, set up a free account. Get ready for the NFL playoffs this weekend, as well as college basketball. We'll talk a lot about Auburn Ole Miss on tomorrow's show. Uh, but yeah, head over to mybookie.ag. And when you make that first deposit, use promo code NEXTROUND. You'll get some extra money to bet with and more chances to win. Once again, mybookie.ag. Use promo code NEXTROUND. The least surprising news of this week was Derek Nix being hired and officially named as Auburn's offensive coordinator and running backs coach, Brad. Yeah. I guess the, the most interesting thing about this is how the news broke. Yeah. Uh, I guess that was Wednesday morning with, with Lane Kiffin kind of putting out a statement there that was very passive aggressive and petty, which I mean, it's getting a little old. It used to be funny. Well, now it's getting a little old, but you know, yeah. um, disrespectful to the guy who's served Ole Miss for the last 15 years or something, 16 years. So 
I don't know. Um, I'm glad he's here, and I kind of bet that he's glad that he's here too. Yeah, that last point especially says it, it says a lot that um says a lot about the two opportunities that were in front of him. He's been a part, he's worked under both guys as head coaches, and he chose to make the move across the Alabama state line and leave a place that he had been for 16 years with a coach that he's worked with now for four years. He chose the coach that he worked with previously. Um, I think that says a lot. I mean, obviously the title change is, is important. Um, probably a salary bump is important, but I mean, Derek Nix had some serious roots at Ole Miss. Uh, and certainly in the state of Mississippi and the fact that he made that choice, he goes, all right, I could work for this guy or this guy and I'm gonna choose this guy and I'm gonna go work for him again because I have real experience working with both. So I'm excited to see what he does as a recruiter. Uh, the state of Mississippi has really um, flourished in terms of, of high school football talent over the last generation or so. Yeah. And so having somebody with those connections to, uh, to both the state of Mississippi and the state of Alabama being from Atala at high school. Uh, he's, I think he's going to be a tremendous asset to the program. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And we'll see, I guess we'll, we can speculate on how involved he'll be with offensive game plans and play calling and, and all of that. But Regardless, the, the most important thing, and there seems to be a theme here, is Hugh Freeze bringing in guys that he trusts and everybody being on the same page. And it didn't really sound like that was a thing this past year. So getting guys in that he can trust to, to recruit while Hugh Freeze, I think, will have a bigger say in the game plan and sounds like he's calling plays and all that stuff. So I, I think that's going to be huge. Yeah. In, in the last segment, when I talk about other coaches ha saying that there's only one voice, that's not meant as a derogatory thing. You, you need one voice from the very top down yeah. throughout your program. And, right. you know, I, I think it's the, the head coach has to be able to do that. And then he has to be assertive enough to do it. And I think you're seeing it now with the way the staff is coming together. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, I got to talk about our friends at Manscaped. I, and just wait, guys. Starting tomorrow, I'm going to start talking about Valentine's Day and Manscaped. No, you're not. Oh, I am. Are you really? Yeah. Tomorrow, though, you got today. I'm going to talk about New Year's resolutions. How many of you made your New Year's resolution and have kept it? Like we're less than three weeks in. Are you are you still keeping those resolutions? Go to manscaped.com, promo code VICE. You get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, resolutions shouldn't be the only things that are well kept in 2024. It's the time for new heights, new opportunities, and a new look for your uh Times Square balls, you know, you know, the ball drops every New Year's. And so whether it's Times Square or elsewhere, Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and uh, turn the page uh, really with confidence this year. So whether you're looking to maintain a trim or go for the clean shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. Zach, it's trusted by over 10 million men worldwide. Wow. And now it's time to get a grip on your grooming with this exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com, use code VICE for a 20% off uh, discount plus free shipping. So happy new ball, happy new year from Manscaped. We can still say happy new year. We're less than three weeks in. Sure. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Antonio Kite, former Alabama corner, is now an Auburn Tiger. And Brad, he's got a very real chance to start day one. Yeah, pretty exciting. 
Pretty exciting for another. I just love it when Calhoun County guys make the move to Lee County. You know, Kite, a former Aniston Bulldog, and sure. uh, and now he's an Auburn Tiger. So good size, uh, excellent length. Um, very, I think he adds tremendous. I, I think it's a really strong depth piece for this secondary. Where whether he starts, do you think he starts right away, or do you think he he like at worst? provides great competition and bolsters the depth. Yeah, I think worst case is he provides depth and is that third corner for you. I think a lot of it has to do with how Keontae Scott and this coaching staff view Keontae Scott. Now that so he made the move to outside corner, we saw him play outside corner for the bowl game, and he was fine. I think he's better in the middle of the field. I've been pretty consistent with saying that, but we'll see. You know, If that's part of... Keontae Scott's reasoning for coming back is because he wanted to convert to outside corner, then I think you've got to respect that and, and honor that. But yeah. if for some reason he, you know, stays outside, yeah, I think Kite's a great depth piece. But if Keontae moves back to nickel and is plays where I think he's really good and that's in the middle of the field and close to the line of scrimmage, yeah, I think he could start opposite Kay and Lee as outside corner. So the fact of like both of those situations are the most likely two situations, I think is great for yeah. Auburn because I think both of those are really good things. Kite, a, a unanimous four-star prospect. He was ranked the number eight athlete, number nine player in the state of Alabama uh, by 247. Just a, He would have um, been Auburn's number one player in that recruiting class. Say that again. Say it again for the people who were just sort of passively listening. Yeah, he would have been Auburn's number one player in his recruiting class if he would have come to Auburn instead of Alabama. So, um, I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. yeah. So, Kay and Lee, um, JD Rim, JC Hart. You you've got a lot of of youngsters that are there, yeah. and now Kite is another guy who'll have three years of eligibility remaining. Uh, tremendous piece to add to the secondary. Auburn's got some good secondary news this week. They've, they've had a couple of additions there that that help you for 2024 and beyond. Yeah, Jaron Thompson, the transfer uh, safety from Texas. Mm -hmm. You know, they feel good about Laquan Robinson, the, the Juco player that they went out and got. I'm really high on Sylvester Smith. So all of a sudden, the depth in the defensive back room is it's looking a lot better than it did a week ago. Everybody's kind of falling into place so we'll uh we'll Col see what happens Colton hood there. caleb wooden i mean you've got yeah and tyler scott is is in that mix as well so you got a lot of bodies that are going to push each other and compete yep yep brad i think that about does it for today's show it does i'm going to breathe a lot easier now big deep breaths and good. feeling good for the rest of the day thanks everybody for watching remember everyone has vices they do everyone has vices make sure village vice is one of yours